Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Live Mike is the name of this show, episode 36 today. Today we're talking about Iowa, and not in a good way, because Iowa dropped the ball last night. Not sure if you've seen the headlines today, uh, but they've got egg on their face, and they still owe us some results. They haven't yet delivered. In their latest statement, they say, maybe we'll get our hands on that statement today about 3 o'clock Mountain Time. I'm not going to hold my breath, because I was expecting something out of them last night. And you know what? Troy Price... He's the chairman of the Iowa Democratic Party. He made some promises yesterday, uh, and he did not fulfill them. Now, <clears throat> we are in a, you know, we live in a day where you need to have some understanding. And sometimes people make mistakes, and you, uh, we forgive, and we forget, and we move on. And uh, the forward marching of the news cycle makes things of yesterday uh, distant, distant memories. Uh, and that is true for most things. Uh, time heals all whatevers. But this... This is different. This is having an impact on the potentially the future leader of this nation. The president of the United States is in question. And a group of folks out there in Iowa, they had a responsibility, a responsibility that they over the years have fought to retain. You remember Scott Howell mentioned to us in that preceding segment as we talked about 2012 when it was uh, Rick Santorum up against Mitt Romney. Uh, the results released by this very same Iowa Democrat, or I'm sorry, the, 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 the caucus system, uh, it was the Republicans that time, they let us know that, uh, well, in fact, <clears throat> Mitt Romney's the winner by some uh, eight-odd points. And then weeks and weeks later, we learn actually Rick Santorum uh, was the winner. But listen, we, we all know that up there in Iowa, they have very little, uh, impact, uh, realistically, uh, in terms of the, the calculations and the delegates that go on to, to vote. But what they do have, uh, which sets them apart and what makes them crucially important is their positioning as the first the first time where voters have the ability to, without the filter of polls or without the filter of uh, different campaigns interpreting, uh, you know, how they're reading the tea leaves. No, in Iowa, they hold on to the ability to present to us, uh, the American people, and in particular Democrats right now, uh, th- there is the first opportunity for folks to know the will of the voter. Now, you can argue about how, uh, you know, the makeup of the state isn't reflective of the nation at large and, uh, you know, their relatively small uh, size and their small population. is It's not a fair measure of things. Fine, whatever. But the reality is it is our first measure. And it has been so often since dating back to uh, Jimmy Carter when he realized the value in coming out first or when he realized rather the value of Iowa 
revealing and releasing results of this fashion uh, first. He understood, and we today understand, and, and especially these candidates understand, that there is a certain measure of momentum that comes when the, res- when the results of the Iowa caucus are released. And it was yesterday that Troy Price got up. I'm going to play you some audio here in a second. Now, I'm going to, it was yesterday, Troy Price, again, he's the uh, Iowa Democratic Party chair. He was on uh, Fox News and he was talking about, uh, with great pride, uh, this wonderful system they have in place, this caucus system and their ability to operate transparently and uh, with a full account of all the information available and collected. Uh, well, he had this to say. Now, I, I do want to point something out. You're going to hear in this audio, it's glitchy. Okay, it's, it sounds funny. The audio is kind of mixed up a little bit. And here's the funny thing, and the, and the reason I'm going to play it for you anyway is you can you can get the message, but I wonder, and this is where you got to put on your uh, tinfoil hat here for a second, I'm wondering if there wasn't an effort to cover up this audio and uh, the promises that he uh, made. So I'm going to play it for you. I'm not going to dwell too much on, on this issue because I want to move on very quickly to what the candidates had to say last night. I also want to share with you the text of a letter written by uh, the, uh, the general counsel for Biden for president, uh, Dana Remus sent a, a letter to this Troy Price, the chair of the Iowa Democratic Party, uh, pretty strongly worded. I'll read that to you. Uh, uh, I'm going to share with you also what all the candidates had to say, those who spoke out last night. Uh, but first, listen to this. Again, it's a little bit glitchy, but you'll get the picture. Uh, and this, again, is a promise made to you, the voter, uh, from Troy Price, again, the director or the chairman, rather, of the Iowa Democratic Party. Well, listen, our commitment that we made this year is to make our caucuses more transparent, make sure that we could provide part of the uh, here in Iowa to you and folks have asked nation over the years. So this year we're providing it. Uh, We'll see what the candidates do. They always will spin whatever's the most uh, advantageous for them. So look at that. Look at Troy Price there. He's indicting the candidates. He hasn't even it hasn't even been his time to shine yet. And when it was, he dropped the ball. But ahead of that, he's indicting these candidates for spinning poorly the information that he's responsible for delivering. Uh, I'm surprised at how worked up I've gotten over this. Uh, it may have to do with the soda machine upstairs. The diet is gone. So I got regular Coca-Cola. So not only is caffeine coursing through my veins, but now so too is sugar. That may be it. If that is the case, expect a sugar crash here in about an hour. Uh, Producer Amy will wake me up. Uh, before we get to that, though, here is what the candidates had to say. Uh, Mayor Pete, he led things off. And he had this to say, pretty much uh, asserting himself the victor. By all indications, we are going on to New Hampshire victorious. Uh, Amy Klobuchar Klobuchar had this to say. So you probably heard we don't know the results. (laughs) But I did not want to let another minute go by without thanking all of you. Um, We are... We know there's delays, but we know one thing. We are punching above our weight. Uh, I'm trying to think if I'm getting this correct uh, chronologically. I I have it right so far. I don't remember exactly if it was Senator Warren or Sanders who spoke next, uh, but they all spoke uh, in in relatively rapid succession. Let me play you Senator Warren. I think that's how it went. Senator Warren, uh, then we'll hear from Sanders, uh, Yang, then Biden. Here's Senator Warren last night. A real quick comment, uh, but this was, again, as she and the rest of the candidates awaited results in Iowa, which to this moment now still have yet to be uh, really Senator Warren's here. When I left Iowa, I said it was too close to call, and it still is, but I feel good. So she feels good. Great. Senator Sanders had this to say. Let me be. 
begin by stating that I imagine, have a strong feeling that at some point, the results will be announced. And when those results are announced, I have a good feeling we're going to be doing very, very well here in Iowa. Before I play the Biden comments, let me just point something, an interesting observation I made last night. Uh, remember Terry McAuliffe, uh, former governor of Virginia? He now spends a lot of his time uh, commenting, commentating on uh, CNN. Well, I, I clicked over to CNN for a moment last night, uh, and I saw some comments by Terry McAuliffe. And this was as things were uh, getting pretty strained. It was maybe two, three hours past the, the time where we expected to get these results. Terry McAuliffe uh, just made the offhanded comment. He says, you know, if I were one of these candidates, I would be in front of the cameras behind the microphone right now claiming some sort of victory. And, well, it wasn't, I, I'm not kidding you, it wasn't three minutes later uh, that Mayor Pete kicked things off and started making these comments. And it was then one by one by one. Uh, after the the good mayor, the senators, and uh, Andrew Yang, uh, uh, and as well uh, Joe Biden, got in line to to make their own comments. Oh shoot! I'm so sorry. Listen, uh, I am behind right now. We need to take a break in just a moment, but there are things that I want to share with you still. Uh, I do have just uh, about 30 seconds left, so let me share you uh, share with you now what Andrew Yang had to say. It's real quick. Then we'll hear from Biden. We'll take a break, and then we'll be back after that. We'll get the results soon, and uh, along with the rest of the country, and. Um Excited to be here in New Hampshire. All right, very good. Here's Biden. Indications are, from our indications, it's going to be close. We're going to walk out of here with uh, our share of delegates. We don't know exactly what it is yet, but we feel good about where we are. The Iowa Democratic Party is working to get this result, uh, get them straight. And I want to make sure they're very careful in their deliberations. <laughs> He was very kind in his words there, but now the tone of the letter sent to uh, the Iowa Democratic Party, again, the chairman, Troy Price, signed by uh, Dana Remus, general counsel for Biden for president, said, hey, listen, we appreciate that your plan to brief the campaigns momentarily on these issues, but... And we do plan to participate. There was a phone call late last night between all the candidates and the uh, Iowa Democratic Party. It didn't really reveal much. Just said, hey, we're still working things out. Uh, and Biden, so in this letter, is acknowledging that and then says, however, we believe that the campaigns deserve full explanations and relevant information regarding the methods of quality control you are employing and an opportunity to respond before any official results are released. I'm anxious to see if this wish is granted. I'm anxious to see if this request is fulfilled by the Iowa Democratic Party to see if, in fact, an explanation of this delay is given to the candidates before that 3 o'clock deadline they've given themselves to release them. Anyway, we're going to take a break from Iowa stuff right now. We are going to come back uh, to it and talk about this very issue later on in the program. Next up, though, is Sim Gill, Salt Lake County District Attorney, will join me. Uh, he has his eye on a few pieces of legislation. I'm going to ask him what those are and why the district attorney cares about legislation up on Utah's Capitol Hill. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.